Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. I can see right now I'm going to have to to edit <laughs> and uh, amend what I intended to say today. It's already 11.22, but I wouldn't give anything for what we've experienced already. Not a second of God's presence. Amen. Would I exchange for anything? Philippians chapter 3. Hallelujah. Let's start in verse 8. He said, I indeed count all things lost. For the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness righteousness which is from God by faith. Here we go again about faith. It's all available to you through faith. He went on to say that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Praise the Lord. When most people celebrate Christmas, most Christians Uh, too often the attention is only on the past. And of course, the the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead is an all-important truth. Don't want to take away from that. We're going to talk about it. We're going to celebrate it. But we must not miss out or neglect to reflect on the present reality, the present implications of his resurrection, what's available to us now. And not only that, the future implications of his resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a historical fact to be celebrated. Number two, it's a present reality to be experienced. And number three, it's a future certainty to be anticipated. Glory to God. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a historical fact. Now, there are many people in the world today that challenge that and they say, well, the, the, the story of Christ is just a story that men made. It's, uh, it was authored by men and it doesn't mean anything and it's all fables and so forth. But people who say that, if, they're, if, they're, if they have any, any education at all, they're ignorant. That sounds like a contradiction. People who were educated and who discount the Bible are of all people most ignorant. I'll even use the stupid word. Because as you've heard me mention before, I've, I've talked about this before and I'll just briefly say it today again, that when it comes to the authenticity of the New Testament, there is more evidence 
for the New Testament, everything in the New Testament, there's more evidence of the absolute truthfulness and history and accuracy of the New Testament than there is of any other writing from antiquity. I've talked about, and I only, there, was, there are a lot of, of philosophers and writers that uh, wrote in, you know, 500 B.C. up to, you know, 500 or 600 uh, A.D. And their writings formed the basis for Western civilization. All of the history, our knowledge today, our knowledge of Western civilization comes from the writings of people. Now, there's a couple of, there's a whole list of them, but I just mentioned a couple that, that people recognize. Plato and Homer, you know, he wrote the Iliad. And uh, there's, not a, there's not a university in the nation that in their liberal arts college, they do not rely heavily upon the writings of these Greek authors. Everyone who studies the humanities are thoroughly instructed in the, in the writings of these early times. And like I said, the basis for Western civilization, everything we know about our history uh, uh, as, as just natural people come from these writings. And no one in education disputes the veracity of these writings. But let me make some comparisons to those writings and, and those of the New Testament. Plato, for instance, like I said, I didn't write them all down. Some of them I didn't know how to pronounce their names. But uh, Plato, his, his writings uh, were written uh, from 427 up to 347 B.C. And the, the earliest copies, in other words, no one has the originals of the New Testament. And, and we don't have the original uh, writings of any of these Greek philosophers. Though they've been lost. But copies were made down through the years. Copies and copies and copies. And people say, well, the New Testament, you know, they, we don't have the New Testament documents, so co- copies aren't reliable. But nobody says that about these other writings. In fact, Plato's, the earliest copies that we have, date to A.D. 900. If you do a little math, that's 1,250 years from the earliest copy we have to get back to when the, they were really first written. It's a 1,250-year span that there, are any, there isn't anything. don't have any copies. The Iliad was really originally written in 900 B.C. And the earliest copies are from 400 B.C. That's 500 years. 500 years past. I'm not saying that no one had copies. There were copies during that time, but they were lost. We don't have them. So there's a 500-year uh, span of, of silence. There's a 1,250-year span of silence in, uh, uh, between Plato's writings and, and the earliest copies. And the other scholars, if you looked into it, it, they're all similar. The stats are all very similar, little different numbers. The New Testament, on the other hand, 
We don't have the original copies of it, original documents. But these books of the New Testament were written between 40 and A.D. 40 and A.D. 100. Actually, A.D. 95, maybe 99. So 40, A.D. 40 to A.D. 100. The earliest copies are from A.D. 125. That's a 25-year span. That's a lot closer (laughs) than 900 years or 1,250 years or 500 years. And yet the same people who don't challenge the others, right? They'll say, well, you know, they they were just writings, you know, and, and men just, wait, wait a minute. Not only that, the copies, you know, of Plato, the earliest copies, 900 A.D., after 1,250 years, you know, we don't, all were lost. You know how many copies there are of Plato's writings? Seven. Not 700, seven. Seven. You know how many copies there are of the Iliad? What's well, a little more? 643 copies dating back, the earliest being 400 B.C., Four hundred. I mean, 643. Now, the New Testament, we have copies dating back to within 25 years of the original. So, could be just a few copies missing. In fact, I'll add this. Someone recently discovered a copy of the book of Mark that they are saying comes even possibly even, it's the, the jury's still out. But the people they're analyzing saying that it, it's, it comes even closer to that than the original. And you know how many copies we have that, that, are, so, that are so close to, in time to the originals and then spanning after that years? You know how many copies there are? 24,000. <laughs> That's why I say educated people who dismiss the Bible are stupid. Because they ought to know better. They, ought, they have the education to know better than that. So the New Testament is uh, just in the natural. We have every reason to believe it. But the most important thing that convinced me was when the man of the New Testament stepped into my life because I was dismissive. I was a, a skeptic. I was one who, who ridiculed and made fun of. But when he stepped into my life, it was no longer a theory or an argument. I had, I had an encounter with the man that was raised from the dead. Glory to God. I don't know because of these other things. I know because he came into my life. And it wasn't, it wasn't religion. I didn't get religion. I was, I was running from religion. I was trying to dismiss myself from all vestiges of religion. I wanted nothing to do with... Religion didn't come into my life. I didn't get religion. I got eternal life. I received eternal life the very life and nature of God deposited into my spirit. Glory to God. The four gospels each reach their crescendos in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the cap, 
the crowning feature of all of the four Gospels. In the book of Acts, it was the, it was the theme of, ne- of nearly every sermon recorded. The theme was the resurrection. The epistles of the New Testament describe the resurrection as the foundation of all Christian experience. Because really, without the resurrection of Christ, everything else in the Bible even in the life of Christ himself, is meaningless. We'll say that again. Without the resurrection of Christ, everything else in the Bible is meaningless. I mean, if Christ didn't rise from the dead, what difference does it make that Noah built an ark? What difference does it make? If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, what difference does it make that Moses parted the Red Sea? Or that, or that David killed Goliath. Or that uh, Daniel survived the lion's den. Or the three, three Hebrew children, the fiery furnace. What difference does it make? What difference does it make even that Jesus walked on water? Turned water into wine. Healed the sick. Raised the dead. Cast out demons. Di- if, if he died and he's still in the grave... It doesn't mean anything. Even if he went to the cross, which he did, but even going to the cross would be meaningless if he hadn't arisen from the dead. Because, you know, the truth is you can't have a living faith or a real salvation with a dead Savior. (laughs) I mean, there's just no way. Of all of the religions in the world, the major religions in the world, only four religions base their religion on their founder. Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, and Christianity. Well, Abraham's dead, and and the disciples said his tomb, his disciples, in other words, the Jews said, his tomb, he's dead and buried, and his tomb is with us today. They don't believe Abraham was raised from the dead. He never claimed to, to, to or said he was going to rise from the dead. Buddha never made any claims. He's dead and gone. His followers don't believe he's alive. Mohammed, you know, the, the, the followers of Islam, hundreds of thousands make the pilgrimage every year to his burial plot. He, was, he died in 632 A.D., if I remember right. And they all make their pilgrimage every year to, to look at his tomb. They don't believe he's alive. Jesus alone stood before men and said, you kill me and I'll come again. I will rise from the dead. That's pretty, that's pretty bold. You better know what you're talking about. (laughs) When Jesus arose from the dead, no one could dispute it. The Bible says that over 500 men saw Jesus after, not just the 12 disciples, but over 500 other men saw Jesus alive at one time. How would you like to have been in that church service? And that's just the men, and we know that, 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 that the women and children would have been there. 
So we don't know how many thousands of people saw Jesus alive. Listen, when Jesus was raised from the dead, those people went all over Jerusalem telling this story. They saw him. The Bible even says that, that uh, when, when the earth shook during the crucifixion and the, and, the, and the veil of the temple was torn in two, that the graves of the saints opened up. And when Jesus came out of the tomb, they came out of the grave and walked around town. Now, it doesn't, now I'm just going to say something. I can't prove this, but you just, you just think about it. I don't know who those saints are. Or who they were who came out and talked around town. But it's my, I'll say it like this. It's likely that it was probably people they knew. In other words, people that had recently. Because let's face it, if, if they wouldn't have recognized the Old Testament saints. They didn't know what they looked like. But I, 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 can, I can't imagine that maybe Zechariah and Elizabeth came out of the tomb because they would, they went to dead trusting in a savior. They went and went, you know, died trusting in a savior, the righteous dead. I, I, I kind of think maybe Anna, the prophetess and Simeon who said, now Lord, let your, your servant depart in peace. I have seen yourself. I see the people of that day would have known them, but it didn't say just a few, many of the saints that had gone on rose up at that day and, and went out around and, and, and people saw them. This event of the resurrection of Jesus Christ could not be hidden and it could not be denied and it was widely known. Now, the, the, the Jews, they, they came up with this really weak-minded scheme that they, they said, well, let's, let's float this, this uh, rumor that his disciples came by night and stole his body out of the out of the grave, and then they claim that he's that he arose from the dead. Well, if if you know anything, I, 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 you know people are when people grasp at straws for something to say, it's usually really dumb. I mean, usually later they go, "Boy, I didn't think that through." Number one, the disciples of Jesus had no access. To the body, there were there were Roman guards and a seal, the imprint of the emperor's seal was on that tomb, and the soldiers knew anybody anybody breaks that seal, not only is their head going to roll, our heads are going to roll. So they didn't have any access. Besides that, the disciples weren't expecting him to rise. Even though he told them they, that he was, they didn't understand it because when, and they didn't believe it because when Jesus was raised from the dead, he found them locked behind doors in fear of the Jews. And, and Thomas said, I don't care. When they saw him, you know, Thomas wasn't there. And he said, Listen, I'm not even, I don't believe that. They weren't looking for him to, to arise from the dead. So they'd have had no motivation to do that. And besides that, if they were expecting him to rise from the dead, they would have let him rise. Why, why pull something off? No. It, Jesus is alive. He came out of that tomb. Glory to God. 
Romans 1, 4 says he was declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Jesus' resurrection is the basis for all all our hope. And he said, because I live, you will live also. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Paul said, I want to know him. Let's just talk about the present experience, the present reality of the resurrection. The fact is resurrection power is available to every one of us every day. And to begin with, it's it's in you. Because when you believed on Christ, your spirit man that was dead in trespasses and sin was raised to life. Glory to God. I remember, oh, what a difference that life made in me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Not only that, we have his, his glory with us now. I, 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 I thought this was so great this morning. You were singing Blessed Assurance because I had that in my notes. I didn't know that y'all were doing that. Here's what I wrote. Until then, until, you know, I I don't go off, I don't have time for all of this, but I talk about the blessed hope and the living hope that we have. Let me read this to you though. Blessed be the God, this is 1 Peter 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. His resurrection gives us a living hope that we know what our future is. Glory to God. And so then I wrote, until then, in the words of that old hymn, we have a foretaste of glory divine. (laughs) Right now. Glory to God. Romans 8, 23. And we uh, who believe also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us. And this this is the New Living Translation. We have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. (laughs) Hallelujah. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love, excuse me, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Did we, did we exchange notes this morning? Y'all were singing about that too. Praise the Lord. Therefore, we are buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Walking in newness of life. Walking in newness of life isn't walking like others who don't know him. We have a different walk. Amen. We have a different motivation. We live life in a completely different realm than people do who don't know him. Walking in newness of life is not walking like you used to walk. Walking in newness of life is not walking in the oldness of the letter of the law, but in the newness of the spirit. Glory to God. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Glory to God. 
Experiencing the power of his resurrection is when the life of God touches and influences everything in your natural life. Family life, home life is impacted. Our fellowship with other believers is impacted. We don't just belong to another club, praise God. We have fellowship with those who have his life. Our business relationships, how we conduct business, how we handle our financial affairs, our friendships even in this world with people that we don't know takes on a different complexion altogether because of that resurrection life that's on the inside of us. Glory to God. It affects our bodies. It affects our minds. It affects everything about us. Hallelujah. And the resurrection isn't just a dim past event or even a present glorious reality, but it is a momentous future certainty to be anticipated with great joy and expectancy. (laughs) The facts surrounding the resurrection that took place on that first Easter morning are just a foretaste of the glorious future that awaits us. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I'm going away, but if I go away, I will come again. He's coming back. Any day now, we'll be going home. (laughs) Any day now, glory to God. The dead in Christ will rise first. Amen. Then those who are alive and remain will be changed. And together we will go up to meet the Lord in the air. Glory to God. Church, this is, this is a certainty. Jesus said, you destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. He was talking about his body. And that seemed very improbable. improbable. Isn't that right? Not likely. No one, ever, no one else had ever, Houdini had never tried anything like that. <laughs> the most unlikely thing in, in the history of humanity, Jesus said, you watch, I'm coming back. Well, he left and he said, you watch, I'm coming back. I'm coming back, he's coming back. Glory to God. When he comes back, We're going to be changed. Those who are alive and remain until his coming. First of all, when he he descends to catch away the church, the dead in Christ, those who of our loved ones and friends who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and died in faith, their, their bodies are laying there, but their spirits are with him. And they're coming back with him. And when he comes back, first of all, their bodies will come out of the graves. My dad's coming back. My mom's coming back. Your mom, dad are coming back. (laughs) Coming back. Yeah. Not going to be frail. Not going to have any imperfections. Not going to have any any troubles. They're coming back in glory. In glory. They're coming back, Doug. They're coming back. Oh, hallelujah. They're coming out of the ground. Coming back with the Lord Jesus and they're going to be reunited, reunited with, their, with their bodies. They're coming out of the ground. 
coming out of wherever they are, wherever their bodies have been scattered. Doesn't make any difference what the, what the composition is. They're coming together and coming up. Glory to God. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, just like that moment when you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and when you put faith in him, something happened. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, ooh, we're gonna be changed. Just this mortal is gonna put on immortality. This natural is gonna put on supernatural. And our bodies are going to take on the same uh, uh, glorious composition of the Lord's body. Glory to God. Ooh, hallelujah. I I don't know about you, but I might want to hang around just for a minute or two so I can walk through the door. Just want to walk through the door. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're going to be changed. Things are good now, but it's going to get better. Yes, we have, this, we have this treasure in earthen vessels right now that the excellency of the power will be of God and not of men. There are limitations we still have. Even though in our spirits we're eternal, we've been born again, recreated. We've got the life and nature of, of divinity on the inside of us in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we're encased in this natural body. And we have certain limitations that we share with everybody that know him and that don't know him. But then, boy, that, all that's going to give way. All that's going to change one day. Glory to God. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. And together, we're going to go up in clouds and meet him in the air. Glory to God. We used to sing an old song when I was a kid. It's going to be, there's coming a meeting in the air. There's going to be a meeting in the air in the sweet, sweet by and by. Going to meet you, meet you over there in that home beyond the sky. Such singing you will hear, never heard by mortal ears, will be glorious, I do declare. And God's own son will be the leading one in that meeting in the air. <laughs> And I'm telling you what, the old timers used to sing that song and they'd sing that song and begin to rejoice and the, the, the light and the, and the glory of God would shine on their faces and they would just sing and sing and such singing you will hear never heard by mortal ears. You think, how could it be much better than this? You know, those, those old timers that I was acquainted with, almost all of them are gone. I wish the modern generation could have tasted some of those some of those times together. Oh, glory to God. But it's coming back. All those songs, all that awareness, all of the revelation that anyone has walked in that's been led of the Spirit since Jesus was raised from the dead, all of that's coming together again. Glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. My, my, my. In heaven, the church will be presented to Christ as his bride at the marriage of the Lamb. After the great tribulation, which will trouble and purge all those who remain on the earth, we will return to the earth with him. 
and rule and reign with him for a thousand years. And that's just the beginning. Afterward, there will be a new heaven and a new earth and we will be with the Lord forever. Just as, as the objects of his love and kindness. The Bible says that, that throughout the ages to come, he will show his kindness to us in union with Christ Jesus. Oh, glory to God. That day is coming. Day is coming. And it's all because Jesus was raised from the dead. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.